Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. All right, we are, uh, we're live here. If you're, if you were curious, is this really live? Oh, it's live. And uh, we are so excited that you have uh, joined us this morning online. This is such a crazy time that we're living in, uh, unprecedented time. We've never seen anything like this uh, with a global pandemic. And so um, I want us just to spend some time this morning just praying because we have uh, currently in the Houston area uh, over 800 cases uh, around, I think we've had four deaths so far. Just in Fort Bend County uh, this morning, it said 105 cases. Uh, and so we just need to pray. Um, the experts think that we're kind of still on the beginning of it here. And so I want us just to take a minute uh, and just pray together. So if you just join me wherever you're watching this from and bow your head with me and just pray with me right now. Let's, let's join together, join your faith, my faith. And let's pray, Father God, we just come to you this morning and we just pray over um, our city and our cities. Father, we wanna pray over the people right now that um, are ill. God, we're asking in the mighty name of Jesus that you would heal. God, we ask, would you be healer for their bodies? We pray for those that are struggling right now that you would uh, surround them with your care and their comfort. God, we pray that people would turn to you in the midst of all of this, God, that people would look to their, their father, their heavenly father. And so we pray, God, that you would use this moment for your glory, that you would turn it, that you would turn it for your glory. God, we ask in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Again, welcome today. Um, I uh, started this last week. Um, there's some things that I found online in the midst of a heavy time, a, a moment of just global crisis, some things that have just kind of made me laugh. And it's been good medicine to my heart just to laugh in the middle of this. And so I wanna share some of the things this week that just kind of lightened my heart. And the first was actually from someone uh, at Renaissance Church, Coral Cassius. And she said this, is there a daycare I can send my husband to during this quarantine? I just thought that was awesome because how many spouses are, are probably thinking the exact same thing? So JJ, you've been roasted. And I also wanna give a shout out to uh, Coral Alicia Photography. She's helped us immensely in the midst of this live stream, cameras and stuff that she's helped us with. So thank you, Coral. And uh, that's, that one goes out to you guys. Hey, the, the second thing that I saw, this was from Babylon B. It was, the headline reads this, pants sales plummet as everyone working from home. And the caption made me laugh. Man in caption says, I'm starting to feel dumb that I ever wore pants. Uh, so some of you right now are watching this from home 
And you may be just in your boxer shorts, your PJs. That's all right. We're not mad at you. That's awesome. Okay, the, the last one I want to show you, uh, this again from the Babylon Bee, it says, government accidentally shuts itself down with a ban on non-essential businesses. And in the caption, it says, oops, we meant non-essential private businesses. So there you go. I hope maybe that will lighten your heart this morning uh, as we as we are just in such an unusual time. We've been in a series as a church body called 40 Days. We're gonna continue on in that series. Uh, and I was thinking this week about my trips to the store. And if you've probably been to the store recently as well, you've noticed the empty shelves that um, when you go to the paper goods aisle, like everything's gone, toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, it's all emptied out. And I was just thinking about that. Um, that either thousands of people just moved into our area and needed paper towels. I don't think that's what happened. Or uh, lots of people have never wiped their bottom before, but all of a sudden decided, man, I'm gonna start now. That's probably not what happened either. But what probably has happened is that just the fear, the, the anxiety, the anxiousness of this moment is actually causing us to stockpile and to hoard. And I think that the, the fears about our health, which are real because obviously this is a, a, a virus that's spreading quickly, but I think it's actually the fear of scarcity that's even greater for many people. They're worried they're not going to have enough. And that's actually what I wanna talk about today. I wanna to talk about this fear of scarcity. I looked up this week the, the definition of the word greed, and here's what the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says. It's a selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, than is needed. I'm gonna read that again. A selfish and excessive, uh, excessive desire for more of something, such as money, than is needed. And, and here's what I just want to propose to you, is that the fear of scarcity can actually ruin us and make us greedy. It, it's, it's a trap. And what I wanna talk about this morning is how do we keep ourselves out of the trap of fear of scarcity that drives us to greed? That's what I wanna talk about. In this uh, 40 day series, this is our Lent time as the global church. And it's when we, uh, we, we embrace spiritual discipline, spiritual practices. Many of you maybe go without certain types of food during Lent season, and it's all in preparation. It's preparation for Easter, Resurrection Sunday. We're gonna celebrate that Jesus has come alive, right? He has come back from the dead. And so this season is preparation uh, for, for Easter. And so we're looking at different spiritual practices. And the, the practice that I want us to focus on this week is generosity, the spiritual practice of generosity. And the, the message is entitled, The Miracle of Generosity. Now, as soon as I said that, some of you freaked out a little bit because you think that a preacher is after your money. And I just wanna tell you that I am not after your money. I'm not worried about my finances. I'm not worried about the church finances. I'm not trying to get anything from you, I promise. But I am trying to get something for you. And it has to do with generosity. 
And I want you to understand this also before we dive into our passage today, that all Christian generosity actually springs out of God's generosity. If you've ever watched a football game and you've seen uh, a displayed on that stadium wall uh, of Bible verses, John three sixteen, and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. So God, in his love, he was overwhelmingly generous and he gives him his very self, he gives his son Jesus on our behalf. And now as Christians, all of our generosity is not about earning his, his uh, favor or his merit or some religious duty. It's actually us responding to God's generosity towards us. So I just want you to hear that. I'm not after your money. I'm not trying to get something from you. I want to get something for you. And it's all rooted in the very love of our generous God. Okay, we're going to read a, a passage today. It's from John chapter six. This is an account of Jesus, an amazing story. I'm going to start in verse one of John chapter six and just kind of read along with me. It says, after this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Now, pause right there. I just want you to know in the middle of this coronavirus disease that Jesus is still the healer. Okay, so if you are sick, if someone you know is ill, they have coronavirus, we actually wanna pray with you. We wanna join with you. And if you go to our website, rin-church.org forward slash prayer, let us know. And we would pray for God to heal you or that person that you know, we'd love to join you in that. Jesus is a healer. Verse three, Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him for he himself knew what he was going to do. Verse seven, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving things, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. This is the word of the Lord. Now, this is an amazing story. And I wanna just point out some of the details in this story. It says that the, the number of men was 5,000. So they would have counted men like as a head of household. And so this would be uh, probably their wives, their children were there. And scholars believe that this could have been 20,000 people. Now that's a massive crowd of people, okay? So 20,000 people. And then Jesus poses the question 
to his disciples, right? We saw that in verses five and six, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? I mean, talk about a loaded question. Uh, It's filled with, okay, first we're gonna feed these people. And then secondly, um, where... Where, 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 where do we get all this food? How in the world will we accomplish this task? There's 20,000 people. And it tells us that he's, he asked the question to test them. He, he was testing them. Now, I wanna ask you the question, what was he testing? Was he testing their, their ability to organize uh, uh, the, the distribution of food? Was he testing their resourcefulness to scrap together a meal for 20,000 people? Was he testing their work ethic to see if they could get it done? He wasn't testing any of those things. Jesus was testing their faith. Now, I just want you to hear that in the middle of this pandemic, he wasn't going after their work ethic resourcefulness or their organizational ability. He was testing their faith. And I just was wondering what might that question sound like to us today? Maybe it sounds like, how will you make it if the economy goes bad? Maybe the question sounds like, where will you get food if the grocery store shelves stay empty? Maybe it sounds like, how will you make it if your investments go south? Jesus asked the question to test his disciples and what he's after is their faith. I believe in the midst of this crisis, I think God is still after the faith of his people. And I want you to hear that. I I don't know what the question sounds like for you. Maybe one of those resonates with your heart, but Jesus is after your faith. He's still after your faith. And then we see in verse seven, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. Now, I just wanna put that into modern uh, uh, currency. So uh, a a denarius would be a day's wage. So 200 days wage based on the the median wage of an American family, that's $37,440 to feed 20,000 people. That's $1.88 per head. And he's saying, look, that wouldn't be enough. And that phrase got me, wouldn't be enough, because that's what scarcity is all about. As we talk about the fear of scarcity, it's that this wouldn't be enough. There's not enough. There's not enough to go around. And Philip's feeling the anxiety and the fear of scarcity. But here's what I wanna draw your attention to today. I want you to notice the boy because he's one of these quiet characters in the story, but I think he's really, really important. This boy, the only thing that we know about the boy is that he has a lunch. That's all we know. And he might've been a planner. 
Maybe he's one of those people whose personality wiring is like he's always thinking a step ahead and, and he's a planner and by golly, he's prepared and nobody else is prepared. 20,000 people are there. They're not prepared, but he is prepared. He got the toilet paper. He got the paper towels. He's ready. Or maybe he's just hungry. Like he's, he's a preteen boy. And if he's like my kids, he's just voraciously eating. And so he eats breakfast. He's still hungry. He's like, I better take a lunch today. Or maybe, just maybe, maybe this is the most plausible explanation. His mom was on her game that day. And his mom, she got to H-E-B before all the other coronavirus shut-ins got there. And she pushed her cart in front of the other moms at the bread aisle. And she got in there and she swooped in and she got some loaves of bread. And then she worked her way over to the fish counter and she got the fish and she's on it. She's prepared and she makes her boy a big old lunch. And he's ready. And he's ready. But the only other thing that we know about the boy is that he was willing to give his lunch to Jesus. And that's, that's pretty important. That's, that's a crucial detail in the story. My first point is this. God calls you to be generous with what you have, not what you don't. Let me say it again. God calls you to be generous with what you have, not what you don't. The word generous literally means open-handed. That whatever you have, that it's open in your hands. It means literally, God, this came from you and it's yours, it's still yours. You've entrusted it to me. This boy, he had a lunch for one, not a lunch for 20,000 people, but the boy was willing to be generous with what he had. Now, none of us have everything that everyone in our community needs right now. We don't. Right? I, I don't have enough even for the people in my neighborhood. I might, I might not have enough for the people who just live on my street, m- much less the, the state or the country or the world. We don't have enough, but we might have a lunch. And the boy, I, I don't know how he heard about the need. I don't know if he overheard Jesus. I don't know if he saw the disciples asking people, but he overheard that there was a need. And when he heard about the need, he gave what he could. Now, he could have been closed-handed. He was prepared. The other people weren't prepared, but he was. And he was ready that day, and he could have closed his hand and said, you know what? I, I, I've got what I need. Sorry about all you other people, but I'm, I'm prepared. I'm just gonna go over here and eat my lunch. He, he could have kept it for himself. He could have stockpiled. He could have hoarded his fish in his loaves, but instead he gave. You see, God's calling us to be generous with what we have, not what you don't. Did you know that if you make $32,000 or more, that you're not, you're not just in the top 10% of the people in the world, 
You're not just in the top 5% of the people in the world. You're in the top 1% of income earners in the world. This sounds crazy, but you look around and you see all the people that have maybe a nicer car than you or a nicer house than you or more things than you and you think I'm poor. I just wanna challenge that idea that you're not poor, that God's given you something and whatever that something is, he's entrusted it to you that you might be open-handed with it. Did you know that Romans 4, 14, uh, 2 says that he's, he's gonna ask us about what we did with our lives. We're gonna give an account. And I just wanna encourage you to think about that, that whatever you have, that when you stand before him, that you could say, God, I, I did my best. I was open-handed with what you gave me. God's calling us to be generous. And this boy, <laughs> he couldn't have known what would happen. There's no way he could have seen what was coming next. In fact, what he probably thought was going to happen is he thought, I'm not gonna eat today, right? I'm, here's my lunch. I, I'm, I'm choosing to let it go. I'm not going to eat today. And in that moment, it happens. Verse 11, then Jesus took the loaves. He took them. Now, I, I just want you to think about that word, that when he gave his lunch, it literally left his hands. It was gone. Jesus took it. And when you and I give, we, we are literally sacrificing. We're, we're letting something leave our hands, but we're placing it in the hands of Jesus. It says, then Jesus took the loaves and after giving things, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also with the fish, as much as they wanted. <laughs> Jesus blesses and distributes a lunch for one. And it turns into a meal that fills, it fills 20,000 people. Here's my second point. The miracle happens when we give what we have to Jesus. The miracle happens when we give what we have to Jesus. <laughs> it was just a lunch, but it became so much more in the hands of Jesus. It was a miracle of multiplication. I mean, just imagine that moment. Imagine having somebody hand you a loaf of bread and they took off a big hunk of that bread and they hand it to you and it like, it grew back. And so you took off a big hunk of that bread and as you're handing it to the next guy, it, it grows back. I mean, it's multiplying in their hands. The same with the fish. Can you imagine that? A miracle of multiplication but it was also a miracle of generosity. It was miraculous because it takes great faith to give. It takes faith. In fact, giving is faith in action, right? We, we say this, we're like, you know, God is my provider. He provides everything for me. He's, he's my source. He's my life. God's the one who, who, who feeds my family. He provides work and jobs and he's, he's my provider. But if we're not generous with what he's given us, do we really believe what we say we believe? 
giving is faith in action. And I don't want you to miss this. Everybody eats when you give what you have to Jesus. Verse 12 has this phrase, when they were full. Everybody ate. Everybody was full when somebody gave what they had to Jesus. And here's the best part. The boy ate too. Think about that. He gives his lunch in faith, knowing it's leaving my hands. I may not get to eat today. But God in his miraculous provision turns it around. He fills everyone, including the boy. In fact, the boy might've eaten more that day because he trusted in the provider. Giving is faith in action. The miracle happens when we give what we have to Jesus because God's economy is not man's economy. And generosity is the currency of God's economy. So let me pose this question to you. Do you trust him enough to be generous during a pandemic? Do you trust him enough to be generous during a pandemic? Okay. I want to talk about how this looks right now. What does it mean for us, like practically, to be generous, especially right now in the middle of this crazy time that we're in as a world? Well, number one, I just want you to understand that generosity is a posture of heart. Okay, it's, it, it includes finances, it includes possessions, but it's bigger than that. It, it's, it's something that changes our hearts and it changes uh, our marriages, it changes how we parent our children. It will change how we see our church and how we see our community, our friends, our, our family. It'll change how we see our, our nation, our state. It'll change everything. It's a posture of our heart. And if we miss the heart, we'll miss the point. So I don't want you to just gloss over the fact that generosity is a posture of our heart that Jesus wants us to embrace. Practically, here's how this looks. Care for your family, your friends, and your fellow believers. Care for your family, your friends, and your fellow believers. That's, that's important, especially right now. You, you need to care for the people that are around you. If you have something they need, offer it to him. Very practically, care for those people around you. The second thing is to support your local church. So some of you may not go to Renaissance. That's great. You go somewhere else. Praise God. Support that church, okay? Support your local church. Why? Because the local church is God's plan A, B, C, all the way to Z for his mission on the earth. It's the seedbed of all other ministries and parachurch and nonprofits. The church is vital. Jesus came to build his church. You need to support your church. Thirdly, consider how you can bless nonprofits and missionaries. 
There are people right now in the midst of this disaster that are doing very special work, very unique work. They need our support. They need our help. They, they need food. They need money. They need masks. They need medical supplies. They need us to step up in this moment. So I want you to consider how you can help nonprofits and I want you to consider the missionaries that are serving. I got to pray this week on a, a, a phone call, a Zoom call with some other uh, people that are in ministry. One of them was in an, another nation and he was praying for the people in his country because he didn't want anyone to step into eternity without having the opportunity to respond to the gospel. And that just stirred my heart. We need to support our missionaries right now. And here's my challenge to you this week. Give a generous gift this week. I, I don't know what that will look like for you. you. You've got to figure that out for yourself. But I want to challenge you to give a generous gift this week. Now, for some of you, you have income right now. God's providing still through your work and you have the means to bless somebody financially. Praise God. You're, you're responsible for what you have, not what you don't. Some of you, income is not coming in right now, but you have time. And maybe it's a generous gift of your time. Some of you, you don't have money or time because you have little kids all around you or some other life circumstance, but maybe it's like words of encouragement or, or some type of generous a note, letter, gift to somebody in your life. I want you to consider how can you give a generous gift this week? Lastly, let me end where I started. How do we keep ourselves out of the trap of greed and the fears? They're so real from so many hearts right now. And that fear wants to make a stockpile and hoard. And so how do we keep ourselves out of the trap? God's antidote to greed is his gospel. That's, that's his solution. That's his cure. It's the gospel. What do I mean by that? Well, greed selfishly, excessively desires more than what is necessary. It looks at all the worldly provisions and it's like more, more, more. I've got a stockpile, I've got a hoard. But in the midst of that, in this radical turn of events, God lavishes mercy and grace on people by sending Jesus on our behalf to forgive our greedy hearts. And he offers to us more than we could ever want or need in a relationship to himself. And he will actually become your greatest treasure. That you will treasure Jesus more than toilet paper or paper towels or investments or income, or houses, or wealth. He will become your treasure. And he's more than you could ever want or need. And it's only through faith in Jesus that that is offered to you. You can't find it anywhere else. Nowhere else on the planet 
No other spiritual way that you can get it. It's only through Jesus. I wanna urge you, if you've never turned to Jesus, if you've never turned your heart to him and believed in him and sought after Jesus, now's your moment. Don't waste another moment. Don't waste another day. Make today your day. I urge you, I urge you to turn your heart to him because grace has the power to open hearts and to open our hands. May we be a generous people. God bless you guys today. I just wanna lead us in a moment of prayer before we worship again here in a minute. To do that, I just wanted to pray a verse uh, over you. And so if you would just wanna bow your head or close your eyes or just in a prayerful attitude, if you would just kind of listen to this scripture, this is the Apostle Paul from 2 Corinthians 9. He says this, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. He says God is able, get that, he's able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. Father, we come to you right now and we just wanna shift our faith away from uh, the fear. We wanna shift our hearts back in faith to you. God, we know that you are the ultimate provider, that you're bigger than economies, you're bigger than coronavirus, you're bigger than uh, job loss, you're bigger than any difficulty we could face in the midst of this moment that God, you are, our provider, and Lord, we trust you. God, we ask that you would give us the grace to open our hands, that whatever we have, that we would give it back to you, that we would use it for your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would help us to care for the people in our lives. Father, I ask that you would help us to support our local churches. God, I ask that you would help us to support nonprofits and missionaries in the midst of this time. And God, I pray that you would lead each one of us this week in how we could give a generous gift. Let it be a statement of faith in our lives, a stake in the ground that says we trust our God. And so Father, fill us, use us. God, would you use us for your glory? It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.